Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson. Got my co-host, my good buddy here, Eli Libby. Uh, it's a good day here in Central Oregon. We, uh, we're having a little bit of a cold snap right now. We were excited about the good weather, yeah, but it's starting to come up. Yeah, got the flannels on. So, yeah. But anyhow, um, like always, we have got an amazing guest. We were really excited. We were introduced um, and offered to have Mr. Calvin Brown on our podcast. He's got an amazing tech uh, background, um, just some amazing consulting. Um, and uh, he has developed applications for some of the world's largest brands. Uh, make, what makes him so unique is his dedication to educate entrepreneurs and other tech professionals on how to create the software that we all know and love today. And uh, what's really cool is a tech group that he crowded, uh, excuse me, that he created for black coders called Black Men Code and now has grown to over 1,000 professionals. Amazing. It's amazing. Ooh. And uh, he's been in publications that have aided him in his missions to spread knowledge, educate entrepreneurs, and empower them to solve their own technical issues. So without further ado, Mr. Calvin Brown, welcome to the Biz Rose Podcast. Yeah, welcome Thank to the you show. guys for having me. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for jumping on. This is We're really excited to have you. Um, I think it's really cool just to start off just how you've created a mm -hmm. community of like-minded individuals um, to kind of just help each other and educate. And we love that. We, we're always about community building um, rather than competition. Yep. So I, I just want to say that that's awesome, man. So Thanks. why don't you tell us a little about your background, kind of how you got into the space that you're in um, and how you got to t where you are today. Okay. Well, um, I started um, in a time long ago, it's uh, 1996, uh, actually. Um, and so as you can imagine, the whole dot-com thing was happening. And I thought that I wanted to fix computers. That's literally all that I knew about computers, that they physically existed and somebody created them. So um, from the small town in Mississippi uh, that I came, I wanted to come to Atlanta, which is the big city, uh, <laughs> speaking. And um, I had a relative uh, who lived in Atlanta that said, hey, you can intern uh, while you're waiting to start school. Um, and I said, okay. And they were doing programming and I hated it oh, uh, just because my exposure, they were doing healthcare is kind of, you know, old uh, black screen stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I didn't really, you know, too much care for it. Um, and the part that really kind of got me was he made a reference to the fact that it was similar to music and that you can produce something once and then many people can share it. Um, oh, wow. That's cool. You can pay for it multiple times. So cool. That, kind of in my 17 year old mind was like okay well i might give this a shot right so, um, during that time you know it's all visual basic very old stuff um, yeah. old now relatively speaking and um, i kind of got started there and they were a consulting company and so i just followed their model and okay. in following their model it was just literally me going to different companies pitching there was a we were just past classifieds um, there weren't really jobs online like that. It was very word of mouth. And so just literally pitching it. And, you know, eventually I met enough people and we started to partner and, you know, I kind of formed the company and wow. kind of added people in. And that's kind of how I, I grew to what we have today. Yeah, well, that's really cool. And, and what is it today? How many people do you work with? Uh, there's nine uh, staff cool. people. We do about 37 uh, throughout the year. So there's a ton of contractors in and out for different yeah. projects, um, but there's nine that's uh, there every day. Oh, cool. Well, uh, here in Atlanta and in California. We have an office in downtown LA. So oh, what cool. is your guys' main focus? Yeah. Uh, so uh, to build anything that 
um, clients would use and interact with. So we don't do a lot of the stuff that's like behind the scenes, meaning if it drives a train, we probably don't do that, even though we have done some uh, mm-hmm. autonomous car stuff. Uh, but we do mostly interactive stuff. So everybody likes apps because they think they're cool. Yeah. And mm-hmm. People think they're really easy, but then they're not. Um, but some of the other things we do, man, like uh, the self-checkout systems uh, yeah. for a major grocer. Um, you guys probably have them there on the West Coast. Um, I can't really say the name, but you know, yeah. okay. <laughs> but um, that self-checkout system, the whole portion that weighs the groceries when you put it on there and that okay. part of the software, that's the type of stuff that we produce. So okay. it's really boring okay. to most people, but it really drives the way that you interact every day. And um, we can all pre- appreciate yeah. when you go to just grab some flowers that you Absolutely. can check yourself yeah. out. So those are the things we invent, pitch, and yep. or elicit it to build out. Like you said, it's all about sharing. So you can continue to pass that along, like music, like you referenced earlier, something mm-hmm. that you built once and then it's going to be shared and it's going to be used throughout the world, which I think is mm-hmm. very, very cool and something to be proud of. What's really cool is like, like just like with your example that you just said, like the mm-hmm. impact that you're literally making like exactly. on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like every household, like typically has mm-hmm. experience going to the store. Mm-hmm. And self checkout, so they don't yeah. have to wait in line. And knowing, like, you know, next time I go to the store, I'm now knowing that, hey, like the guy mm-hmm. that I just had on our podcast, he he might have he may have had an input on this. It's I, I just love the ripple effect of impact that people can make mm-hmm. on a daily like a daily standard, but like just throughout so many yeah, people. Totally. And Calvin, that's kind of similar. Like when you talk about sharing something similar to what we do at Results Imagery, we take these photos for clients to help them sell their product. What's really cool about a, a photo is it can be shared and we can see it and we see the ripple effect of our work in mm-hmm. our clients. And I think it's really cool how everything kind of relates like that, especially with being, sorry, being re- really rooted from a passion standpoint. Right. And I think that's kind of where we're gonna take this uh, this podcast. Okay, absolutely. Um, I think the fact that you guys create a forum for people to be able to kind of merges the two because tech guys don't really talk to everyday people and say, hey, yeah. you know, your car, you know, my friend worked on that software. Nobody really says that at a party. It's not really, (laughs) (laughs) that connection is never really made. So I I think it's a great thing that you guys are doing, just even connecting the pieces. That's why I was so interested in coming on because it it helps to connect the two worlds. Absolutely. It's all about shareability and connecting. It is. Communities. Yeah, it's community versus competition. It's so important in today's age. Got to be community. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Work together. Um, so what's the topic, Kyle? What yeah, so, so so we're going to dive into the, to the nitty gritty. How to bring your application dream into mm-hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. And before we get started, um, you know, Eli and I, we are such passion-based individuals and we preach anybody can turn their passion into a business so they truly feel like they're thriving every day and Mm -hmm. they feel like they have something they're working towards and so when we found the interview topic that you could talk about bringing your application dream into reality i feel like so many people have an app idea Mm -hmm. this idea of wanting to make this you know the next uber yes exactly (laughs) and so i i cannot wait to dive into like yeah putting dream into reality like mm-hmm. passion to profit yep. it's huge so let's, let's kind of dive in what's what's kind of some of the first things that people can do yeah. one of the first things you can do so just a, a funny intro to that so my tag uh on one of my cars is apps and okay. probably one of the worst ideas i've ever had because <laughs> every random citizen asks hey you guys build apps how do you do that i have this amazing idea for an app, the only other person I met who had more 
conversations with people as a guy who studied dreams. So (laughs) (laughs) everybody has an idea, but I don't think everybody should pursue that. But most people who want to do a business of some form, an app to automate your everyday tasks or to bring your customers in through a, let's not call it a funnel, but really through a formalized process, that's really what apps are for. For the most people think apps are games and really cool things right. and all of that. Yeah. But for the most part, there's an entire enterprise app store that most of us don't even know about. That's where all the business apps are, the things right. that people use to record their mileage when they're driving. I mean, we build hundreds of apps for things that are the yeah. most mundane and ridiculous things. So when people want to get started, they really have to visualize how this will make their business more efficient. That's really what it's for. We're just taking it from the web or from your desktop onto a device, be it a you know Android, iPad, whatever it is. If you can visualize that part of it and you actually have a use case for it, you should have an app for your business. So that's really how you get started. You really say, hey, this portion of my business should be automated and or it should be more efficient. Right. <laughs> it sounds like you work mostly with, um, from a kind of like the business standpoint, right? From like a business to business type of relationship where you're building these enterprise apps versus kind of consumer facing apps. Internal. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's really all over the board. I mean, we do everything from um, your largest uh, streaming site um, who streams uh, adult material. Uh, we build their stuff as well. So it's mm-hmm. really anything yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that you can use because it literally all functions and works the same. It just looks different. Got it. Right, so your colors are different. Your things are different. Totally. Um, Branding, they're, yep. they're, yeah, they're all absolutely the same. The difference is, is that most of the investment uh, when it comes to a business, most business, particularly small businesses, don't see the value always, right? And that's with anything, right? Whether you buy QuickBooks or whatever it is that you use, you don't see the value mm-hmm. um, ahead of time until larger businesses are doing it so much that it drives down the cost for smaller businesses. Got it. So what's like the first like when someone comes to present an application idea to you, and let's say it's an enterprise idea, what's like one of the first steps that you take with mm-hmm. them? I mean, I would suppose part of it is, you know, is this something that's actual, like realistic, right? I mean, is this mm-hmm. something that someone's not just dreaming? Like, can you actually yeah. do this? Like, there's got to be limitations, but kind of like, exactly. what's those first couple steps to kind of get the ball rolling to really bring that that app idea to like actual reality that you're using it on a daily basis? Yes, I generally speaking, and uh, my project manager's name's Robert, is awesome guy. Generally speaking, we ask that you either write it down on paper, napkin, whatever you have. Okay. And if you can complete two paragraphs, it can be an app. That's just something we came up with, but it's pretty true. If you can think through it, it can probably be an app. So the first thing you want to do is an exploratory call, and we listen to your idea, but it has to be formalized in some type of way. If you've ever heard somebody just ramble on about every idea that they ever had in life, you're like, wait, that doesn't match. You want to be able to keep your service records for your car and keep up with your cat. That's not, (laughs) they're not the same. So we don't want to filter your idea down on that call. We really want to say, this is plausible. This is a great idea. And try to hone that into something and say, hey, this is how long it would take. This is how much effort. This is what you're looking like. Uh, from a maintenance perspective moving forward. That's a great first step. Makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. So what, how much input do you guys have um, in the beginning of kind of crafting yeah, that dream? Like I, I would imagine, you know, someone kind of brings an idea to you, but I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys have some kind of like, well, 
let's shave this or why don't we add that? Like how much does it usually develop after they kind of come to you with the initial idea? Mm -hmm. um, we usually are really good. And one of the things I found that works over the years really well is where have you seen that work before? Um, we have a client now that we're doing a live streaming um, part of their app. Um, it's for chefs. Um, this whole home cooking phenomena that's happening. Right. And they're doing this live streaming component inside of their app. And their request was we wanted to work exactly like Instagram. Hmm. Like, wow. It's like a multi-billion dollar yeah. company. <laughs> so, <laughs> what exactly do you want? Right. So you have to kind of get a magic wand out or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and to kind of make that make a little bit of sense. Um, totally. but after that, we really try to point them to things that they've seen before. And right. if you've seen it before, we can make the pieces work together. Mm -hmm. um, it's literally, if you just think through it first step, hey, we've got to get people into the app. Do they need to be registered? Mm -hmm. Do you need to know who they are? Yes. Okay. Then that those are registration screens. So people forget about forgot password and all that stuff. So they yeah. forget about that stuff, right? But we right. help you think through those pieces. Um, you know, what do you want them to do first? And when you slow them down and put them through that process, it starts to make sense. More yeah. times often than not, they say, you know what, that doesn't really go with this or that doesn't really make sense or wow, that would be really expensive. Right. Totally. That. So, um, you know, sometimes they're committed and other times they're like, okay, that exactly. We'll how, how often do you, do you turn clients away? I'm curious. I feel oh, like in this in this space, you'd you'd have uh, a lot of people coming to you about ideas about uh, with a cat and whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I need Kyle had one time about the cat. Hey, I don't know. Anyways, what? Um, <laughs> um, how often do you turn people down? Because they, like you said, they they just their expectations are just so far from reality. Do you guide them back? And at some point, when you're guiding them back, do you just have to cut the cord? No, we don't turn them down. Usually price is the deterrent. Yeah. Um, okay. If it is so complex that mm -hmm. it doesn't really work well together, it takes a lot to build it because it doesn't make sense. So it's you have to craft all of these interim pieces to make it work together. And when we write it out, um, it ends up being really lengthy, really long, um, and really expensive. Uh, even your major companies want to do everything at one time. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, your iPhone, if you think about your iPhone or your traditional phone, if you go to settings, there are hundreds of things in there. Each one of those are individual That's true. pieces of software that somebody yeah. contributed. So, you know, a client who wants to, you know, I want something similar, um, you know, that took, you know, there's one iPhone with 12 now. So it took mm -hmm. that long to get it to, right. the, you know, if you're just starting, you're probably not going to go that far uh, initially. So that's usually the term is time and cost. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, so, uh, where was that? Hmm. So, how often? I guess that's how I'll put it. How tangible and realistic is it for most people to, for most companies or most individuals, to actually like, I have this idea and mm -hmm. like bring it to reality? Like, what are the biggest like barriers of entry that most people find that might stop them, but still like? Having the having the message of no, it is reality. Like you can move forward. But what are like some of the barriers of entry that typically you guys have to present that people are like, oh, okay, maybe it's not. Yeah. Uh, maintenance um, apps oh, are connected ooh, to the cloud, and yeah. your data is constantly 
either right. being updated or being exposed. Um, and so you have to maintain it. It's not like, a, you know, there are probably a couple of GeoCities websites hanging around, right? So yeah. it's not like that. You can't just pay for domain space and it just exists. Um, right. Our, um, their data is saved into the cloud, which is an ever evolving thing. And I don't want to make it so complex that the cloud is just other people's computers. And sure. so those computers are constantly upgraded. There's maintenance that they apply to keep that yeah. data safe. And so we have to stay on top of that. And I think most people underestimate the fact right. that it's a continuous thing. It's I, I'd always describe it as being like a kid. Like, you know, as it gets older, you don't have to do as much, but you still have to maintain it. And it tends to cost more as it gets older. Right. So, mm -hmm. and, and in early cases, you really have to watch it because you don't know what you don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. I, th I think most people, I mean, first I thought it was budget, but maintenance, that's like such a good tip and point. Yeah. Like, I, I would agree. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people just kind of take it for granted. Right. They don't really understand what's behind their phone. They're just using it every day. But really, mm -hmm. to your point, they need to be educated coming to you and coming to uh, put this dream into reality that right. there's a lot more they need to know under the hood before they really dive in. I think that's yes. where we come from. It sounds like you're doing an amazing job from the educational standpoint, mm -hmm. the discovery. It's all good. Yeah. And the thing is, they don't have to maintain it themselves. A lot of them say that they want to, which is, you know, <laughs> yeah. you have the staff for that usually if you're asking right. the company to build it. So it's just that connection to reality that I just don't think most people have. But it's very doable. Most apps are, mm -hmm. most businesses are, have already been done before. You're really just duplicating right. something that's already there. So that's really easy. Just know that you're adding another employee, really. Uh, that's anyway. this crap. like it's something else that requires maintenance. Right. So would you say that it's easier than ever or more difficult than ever to get started on like an idea in terms of like supply and demand of like firms like yours and like the amount of ideas that are out there? Like, is it easier than ever just to like actually like get started and like implementing or is it pretty, is there still, is it still pretty difficult with, you know, different barriers to get going? Yeah, it's it's really easy to get started now. It's really easy. The last 10% is always the hardest. It's always wow. the hardest. And it's because everybody, and I'm sure you guys see this, everybody has a unique idea. Sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> everybody has an amazing idea that's gonna change the world. Mm -hmm. And so if you've never tested it on the world before, they just wanna do so much. It's always that last 10%. The entire app's done, looks beautiful, they sign off on it. It's always that okay. last 10%. That makes sense. Right. It's just you got to get through that to get to that actual tangible, usable, mm -hmm. yeah, interface. Yeah, but it's really easy to do. It's it's really easy right. if you run a auto body shop, I guess, something like that, and you want people to be able to fill out their paperwork. I mean, that stuff is you're talking a couple of days to get an app for that, right? Wow. Yeah. Let no, me that makes sense. You guys are recording this a couple of days after we get started. <laughs> 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 Um, but those simple kind of things, you know, they happen really quickly. Um, the app store approval probably takes longer than it does to build it. So those things happen really quick, but these, uh, you know, amazing life-changing ideas, they, they are a bit taxing. So what, um, just like for our, for our, um, listeners to know and understand, like, and then this doesn't have to necessarily reflect your pricing or anything, but what is like from a simple app like that, like an auto mechanic to some extreme thousand employee company that needs something very technical? What is like the range of budget that people like mm -hmm. typically it's, need to think of? Yeah. So if 
depending, I mean, usually they do freelancer, things like that. They're uh, maybe $5,000 and right. up. Um, we don't usually do those as much unless it's something. So we do have, if we have an existing customer that has something, mm-hmm. um, there's no competition between it. We usually will, what we do call a duplication, uh, which means make something very similar, um, right. which is basically us copying it and changing it to your stuff and removing what is unique to that client. Um, we usually do that, um, but those are still going to, again, there's maintenance when it comes to our, um, and the way that we do it. Um, the larger ones that we do, so I don't know if they're number one or number two. So one of our clients now is either the first or the second largest airline um, who's really busy right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, those apps that get the bags onto the under the plane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, those kind of things. They're not as expensive as you think, but the amount of usage. So they have their own devices, these on custom oh. devices that they get. So that's what costs the money, right? So that's $3 million in devices. Right. Um, you know, for an app that took nice. a month to do. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it can get really expensive. Totally. Uh, wow. That's mm-hmm. crazy. That is nuts. I don't think you think about that. No, I, I would never thought of, of that. Just kind yeah. of, like I said, take things for granted. I think in, in the space that you're talking about, I think. It, I mean, back a little bit to the grocery store example. You throw your bananas on the on the scale. You think it all just kind of happens, but that, the amount of time and development that took to do that, data collection. Yeah, I just yeah, don't absolutely. Think. And nobody thinks about the fact that you know when you scan these bananas, there's an entire inventory system in the back. Yeah. Of, you know, a company like ours wrote to say, "Hey, we're low on bananas. Go and order this." Exactly. There's all these components. The only time people notice us is when it doesn't work. When the car doesn't start. Right. Go check out his app. You, you know what? Oh, this thing. Oh, right there to count. It's, it's, true, it's, like, it's so true, though. Yeah, it is. Unless someone's really getting pissed off about something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whose yeah, fault? You never they don't praise they never it. Know. Your automatic doors when you walk into it, nobody cares. And yeah. until the door yeah. hits, until the noben, you got to. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the post office. Only time you really go, you're really mad or jump on customer service when your package doesn't get there. Something wrong with right. it. You never say thank it's you. Just, thank you for the two day shipping, yeah. like I asked. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> for the Nobody thanks you. For Very that. important. Um, so I know one thing you talk about a lot is the future of tech. Mm-hmm. Where's kind of your in your space? Like, where are you seeing tech heading? Is it? I mean, I feel like technology every day is becoming more and more and more inundated yep. in our daily life. But from your perspective, where, what's the future? What's it looking like? Oh man, so. Believe it or not, tech hasn't evolved that much. Um, If you think about it, we've been using cell phones for a really long time. And we had a Palm Pilot that did the contacts part. And we had all these other individual devices. And then Apple had the amazing idea to combine it, right? We had a Walkman before, or the CD player doohickey, the single CD. And then they digitized the music. But we had MySpace that had the music before. So tech is really consolidating more than it is evolving our culture, if that makes sense. So we're able to do the same things in smaller packaging. And I think that that's what's shifting our lives um, is that, you know, the everything's 5G and all. That's just phone connectivity at a right. faster rate. Right? It's, it's not yeah. changing. It's just faster. Fast. So, I mean, your phone is just faster, but it still hangs up calls, right? So we still haven't gotten fully yeah. there. Um, but things like AI, when you're having conversations with customer service, um, yeah. responding, and you can always tell now, like, wait, why are you saying <laughs> any more than once? Mm-hmm. 
kind of thing. Totally. You can always tell, but it is helping to cut costs in a lot of areas. And that's where tech is headed. Tech is cutting costs for a lot of mundane tasks. Um, it's one of the things that I don't necessarily like as much. Um, mm -hmm. I like speaking to my local grocer or right. you know, the guy I see all the time. I don't know his name, but I just see him all the time, right? Um, that sells, you know, oranges in California, right? Um, I kind of like that, but, you know, as society evolves to use things more in a tech fashion, I think we'll be removing those people because those things are really mundane. Like, I mean, if you want a refund for something, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't really have to wait 30 minutes for a $4 refund. You know, I get irritated as well, but those things are being replaced, but that's where it's going. It's going to the smaller tasks will be replaced and then people yep. will have to learn to work alongside it um, in order to get things done. Yeah. I think a big part of it too is just the concept of time. People want to save time, mm -hmm. be more efficient with their time. We've mm -hmm. kind of been ruined by shipping and things like that. So we think it should be pretty instantaneous that yes. when we get so when you can't talk to somebody immediately, right. they would rather they would rather talk to somebody quickly on an AI live chat versus wait on on the call for a human. Yes, and yes. That, uh, we always need more time to watch more TV. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so I feel like the, the oh, main sorry. message is oh, sorry. <laughs> you gotta check it out. Uh, the The main message is automation, right? Like everybody wants yes. AI automation. Yep, and that's yes. where the, the future is going. Mm -hmm. it, it is. I mean, it totally is. And yeah. AI, to your point, is automating people out of jobs, and, and it's cutting costs, right? But it's also taking some of that personalization, that relationship. It's replacing those jobs in other sectors. It is replacing right? jobs I mean, in other sectors. Really mundane tasks yeah. will be replaced in 10 years. Like, there, we won't remember um, really mundane tasks. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. self-checkout is a entry into not having people in the store. Right. Amazon already has a store in New York that you just fill up the cart right. and you push the cart out in it scans all the items in there. Well, you know, yeah. if something's wrong, yeah. I still want to ask a question. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's limited in that way. But yeah. from being able to build cool things, we love it. But, you know, from a people and a human perspective, um, you know, there's a lot of collateral there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I enjoy both sides uh, of it. So I'm kind of torn. I mean, yeah, I was just like thinking of different mundane tasks. Yeah. Driving is a perfect example. <laughs> it is. That's it is pushing hard, and now you're starting to hear about other companies trying to yeah. know, work towards the autonomous mm -hmm. driving, and it's totally true. I mean, yeah, think about how quick that happened. Like, yeah, <laughs> now it's like becoming a normal. I mean, not really quick, but I yeah. mean, it's becoming like normalized. Yeah, mm -hmm. most pretty much most higher end vehicles have it. Um, I don't because I know how it works. Um, mm -hmm. So all of your tech guys are like, no, it's not ready. Um, really? That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not saying? ready. Um, there's something called the moral um, decision. Yeah. And the moral decision is um, this is a car, it costs money, right? So if there's um, something that this car could veer off to hit that would cost less, the car would make that decision, but that could be a person. Um, this oh. is a currently an ongoing debate with AI because it doesn't have a moral compass. And autonomous driving is at the head of that. And so most people don't consider the fact that your car is going to try to save your life. So, you know, water is a lot safer than concrete, right? So yeah. Oh my <laughs> these gosh. things are decisions your car may make uh, on its own. And there are many decisions that have not been made. Um, these are what we call if statements, if mm. this happens, but it hasn't happened yet. So, you know, you see the car 
in what that goes in California somewhere, the Tesla that the guy yep. was, you know, fell asleep or whatever is trying to wake him up. Yep. And so it made a decision, uh, right, to do something. And that just didn't work out well. So um, we're experimenting with our yeah. lives um, right. right now. But, you know, we're on the shuttle headed to outer space. So, you know, it's that yeah. kind of. No oh, pun intended. Here, here we go. <laughs> here we are. Uh, wow. That's crazy. Well, man, awesome. You know, Calvin, this was a great conversation. Mm -hmm. As it, as as we wrap it up, we always like asking our guests, if there's one message that you hope that you can share with others, um, whether it has to do with the topic of this uh, podcast mm -hmm. or just something that's personal to you, what is that message that you want to make sure people are hearing? I think that everyone should become technically aware. You should not... You don't have to engage in tech, but mm -hmm. you become technically aware. How does this thing work? That Alexa that's in your home, how does that work? Um, right. you know, am I okay with it randomly sampling data in my house, right? Those things, understanding that I think helps in the future, helps companies to better develop those products, right? We just create these things because, you know, some company says, hey, we want to do this and we want to try it out. But yep. understanding how it works before you get it is really important. Um, you know, we let our kids get on TikTok and all these other things and just understanding who can view that and, you know, how long that content lasts. We forget that these things are written in ink. So I think it's really important to become technically aware as we engage more uh, with technical things. Um, from a business perspective, everybody should look to tech for efficiency. I mean, you're just not going to send thousands of emails by hand anymore. Mm -hmm. You can use the tools to automate that kind of stuff. So spend the time to do that up front and it will really, really, really help to scale your business. Amazing points. I think we can talk a lot about that, but I think that is a great so way true. to wrap. So if people want to connect with you, Calvin, they want to learn more about your firm, they want to follow you and your journey, where can they find you? I think you froze. Is it I think there was a bit of a pause there. Um, yeah, oh, so um, if you want to learn more about my firm, you can go to kairuconsulting.com. That's K-A-I-R-U consulting.com if you want to um, see me or my uh, group of coders join. It's, you know, open to everyone, uh, even though it's called Black Men Coding. You know, it's just the initiative for it. Um, that's yep. on meetup.com forward slash Black Men Coding. And, of course, you can go to imcalvinbrown.com, and that's usually how people get their conversation started. What's really funny is nobody will use our business site for anything. They <laughs> always connect with me as if I do everything. That's um, interesting. They, it's the name. It's the yeah. my career is the they find out about it through my career. Right. So, so okay, this <laughs> as if I'm gonna. You know, shows voice, uh, authority voice in the space. That's Absolutely. really cool. Well, thank you, Calvin, so much for being on the Biz yes. Bros podcast. We really appreciate your time, and hopefully, we can reconvene uh, with another episode, another conversation down the road. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Well, perfect. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Biz Bros Podcast on any marketplace that you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all those fun places. Just Google Biz Bros and we will pop up and we will see you and listen and talk in the next episode.